0: This is the Sunday morning message broadcast from Church of God Holiness in El Dorado Springs.
1: Open your Bibles, please, to the book of Daniel, chapter 9. And we'll be picking up our reading momentarily with verse 20. But Daniel happens to be one of the great books in the Bible, one of the great books in the Old Testament. Besides containing some rather mysterious and confusing prophetic insight into future events, the book of Daniel documents so many well-known stories. Uh, for example, you have the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. How many of you remember that? Just from your childhood or been an adult. Uh, you have the story of Nebuchadnezzar literally being turned out to pasture and having to spend seven years grazing with the animals. Anybody remember that story? Um... You have Belshazzar seeing the handwriting on the wall. And by the way, if you've ever wondered where that saying comes from, you know, I saw or so-and-so saw the handwriting on the wall. 2,500 years ago, that was coined right there. That's where that saying comes from. Uh, You have Daniel being thrown into the lion's den, one of our favorites. And, And so these stories and others have anchored many lessons in kids' church as well as big church. But Daniel goes beyond documenting these fascinating historical accounts and and gives us some great insight into the matter of prayer. And I'm not going to take time to give a lengthy background, but let me just try to set up our lesson. Let me try to set the stage for just a few moments that we're going to be in God's Word today. Daniel, in the glory days of Jerusalem, had seen with his own very eyes, with his very own eyes, the, the sacred golden vessels that had been used... As a vital part of temple worship. But now those same sacred vessels had been stolen away and and they were being used at a pagan feast for a drunken Babylonian king. And as Daniel thought about those former days, the, the glory days, he became so troubled because the city of Jerusalem was now nothing but rubble. It had been that way for 47 years. But, but not only had the city been reduced to rubble, but the temple itself, 40 years ago, had been leveled. Which means that without a temple, there was no altar. Without an altar, there had been no sacrifices offered to God Jehovah. For, for 47 years, no smoke had risen from the altar as a sweet-smelling savor to God. Well, as Daniel was praying one day, perhaps gazing out of his upstairs window, maybe remembering the city that he had once known, it was obvious that his heart was troubled. It was filled with longing for the day when the temple would be rebuilt. He was longing for the day when, when sacrifices would be reinstituted and, and the streets of Jerusalem would once again be filled with throngs of people going to the house of the Lord with, with songs on their lips, with joy in their heart, with, with a spotless lamb on their shoulders. His heart must have almost exploded with the intensity of his desire for his people to once again stand in awe of Jehovah. And so Daniel is in prayer He's thinking about all of that. And notice the elements of his prayers. We pick it up in Daniel chapter 9, verse 20. While I was speaking and praying, and notice the elements here. This is very important. Confessing my sin and the sin of my people, Israel. And making my request to the Lord my God for His holy hill and others for Jerusalem. While I was still in prayer, Gabriel... The man I had seen in the earlier vision came to me in swift flight about the time of the evening sacrifice. Now, we're going to stop here before we read the rest of our scripture. Notice the time of day that Daniel received the answer to his prayer. He received the answer to his prayer. It said at the time of the evening sacrifice, what time was that? That would have been about three o'clock in the afternoon. Now, this is super, super significant. We're going to come back to this in a moment. But but for now, let me just say that the timing for Gabriel to come with an answer to prayer was not random. God does not do things on a random basis. God is very purposeful, not only in what he says in his word, but in what he does and when he does it. So hold that thought for just a moment. We'll continue our reading. Verse 22, he instructed me and said to me, Daniel, I have now come to give you insight and understanding. As soon as you began to pray, listen to this, an answer was given, which I've come to tell you. Now, it's fascinating to me, and honestly, I'm jealous because it doesn't happen that way very often for me. But while Daniel was still praying, God sent an immediate answer to his prayer. Now again God doesn't always do it that way even for people like Daniel because if you if you go one chapter later the chapter uh, Daniel chapter 10 we we see that Daniel is praying again and this time it took 21 days for the answer to come back to him and what happened is that God has sent the answer to his prayer, but, but, but the Bible says that it was intercepted by the prince of the Persian kingdom. And, and, and this is one of those scriptures here, that one of the few scriptures that gives us some insight into the spirit world that we can't see. And, and I don't know if you've ever had it happen to you where you're praying and it just feels like, oh, it's so tough to pray and, and my prayers aren't even getting above my head. And, and we wonder why is it? And then other times you just pray and it's so easy to pray and there's a spirit world out there. And God's word doesn't tell us a lot about it, but, but when you're praying and it's so hard and it's so difficult, don't forget that there's a spirit world out there. But anyway, in Daniel chapter nine, we see that Daniel got an immediate answer from God through the angel Gabriel. Now, if we would study this out, and we don't have time to do that this morning because we want to get on with the baptisms here shortly, but, but we see that Daniel's prayer was a cry for freedom. It was a longing to go back home to Jerusalem. It, it was a full court press. It was an all-consuming passion to see God's name exalted and to see God's people restored back to a place of blessing. Okay, so what was the answer to Daniel's prayer? Well, it was cloaked in somewhat mysterious terminology. Don't be scared off by it, but listen carefully in verse 24. Seventy-sevens are decreed for your people and your holy city to finish transgression. And and this is not a message on prophecy, so we're going to to go to the part that I really want to emphasize on prayer. And, 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 And listen to this. To finish transgression, to put an end to sin... To atone for wickedness, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Now, as I said, this is, this is mysterious, but, but, but as I read that, as I studied that this past week, I have to admit that I almost got goosebumps up and down my spine. Because I wondered, could it be that God was revealing a secret here? And I want to be careful not to put words in God's mouth. But but is it possible that as God answered Daniel's prayer, maybe, just maybe, he was conveying something like the following. Maybe he was saying, Daniel, I've heard your prayer and I will answer it. I will set your people free. They will go home. Jerusalem and the temple will be rebuilt sacrifices will once again take place. But I wonder if God was saying, Daniel, there's more. There's so much more. The city of Jerusalem and, and the temple are just replicas. They're shadows of a heavenly home. And the sacrifices of animals are just audio-visual aids that point to my lamb. And what excites me is that about 500 years later, Around the time of the evening sacrifice, at about three o'clock in the afternoon on the holy hill of Calvary, there in Golgotha, right outside of Jerusalem, the spotless Lamb of God would be slain as a sacrifice for the sin of the world. And it would atone for our wickedness and it would bring in everlasting righteousness. You know, the blood of lambs and bulls and goats can never take away our sin. I wonder if God was saying, Daniel, I I will send my own son as the lamb who will die for the sin of the world. And anyone who places their faith in him will be forgiven of their sin and cleansed from their guilt and saved from judgment. And so, Daniel, one day, yes, your people will go home to Jerusalem. But ultimately, one day, my people will truly be free at last. Free from sin's penalty, free from sin's power. And all those who trust in him will go to home, will go home, not to the old city of Jerusalem, but to the new city of Jerusalem, where there will be no parting, and no death, and no sorrow, and no sickness, and no heartache. Daniel, there's an ultimate answer to your prayer, and it's not just going back home to Jerusalem, but the answer to your prayer is Jesus Christ. And I'm convinced that the ultimate answer to every prayer today is still Jesus. Because people are still being held captive. They're not being held captive by the Babylonians or the Persians, but they're being held captive by the real enemy of our souls, the devil. The devil has them bound in chains of sin. But make no mistake, Jesus is the liberator of our souls. Jesus is the terminator of our enemy. Jesus is the lamb of God who died to make atonement for our sin Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah who shouts a victory roar over anything and anyone who would hold us captive Jesus is the one who ascended to God's right hand even where now he is praying over us Jesus is the one who this very moment is working to build the new Jerusalem for us where we will dwell with him forever Jesus is the one who died to break the shackles of our bondage to sin. Jesus is the one who rose from the dead to open prison doors so that we might enter into the freedom of abundant life. Would you show me that you're out there and just say amen? I really think I'm preaching better than what you're responding this morning, but I'm just kidding. You know, the Apostle Paul was able to testify to that freedom. And in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15, he said, This is a true saying, and everyone should believe it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And listen to this, And I was the worst of them all. I, I beg to disagree with Paul because I, I think I was the worst of the sinners. Verse 16, But that's why God had mercy on me. Yes. You, so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst sinners, then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. And just as Jesus changed Paul's life, so today Jesus is still changing lives. All across the world he's changing lives. Even in countries such as Somalia. Which I believe is the third country on the list of the most persecuted Christians. For example, there was a man named Assam. He was a Muslim pirate in the country of Somalia. He made his living by creating havoc and chaos on the high seas. But Jesus transformed him. And today he's no longer a pirate. You know what he is? He's a former pirate. He still lives in Somalia, but instead of riding on boats on the seas, he rides in caskets. Seriously. What he does is he travels to Kenya to get a load of Bibles and then rides back to Somalia in a casket under a corpse of Bibles surrounding him because he knows that Somali Muslims will not open a casket or touch a dead body, much less look under it. And he delivers the precious cargo of God's word to those who are so hungry for it. Now, how could this Muslim ever have come to the point of engaging in such a mission as this? Well, as some the pilot, I'm sorry, the pirate, the Muslim began having dreams of Jesus. And I know this sounds weird to us because, you know, we have crazy dreams. And so when someone has a dream, we kind of dismiss it. And this past week I heard of somebody who had a dream... And uh, the lady was pregnant. She dreamed that she had the baby, except the baby wasn't a baby. It was a puppy. And I won't won't tell you her name. Um, But, you know, we eat too much Mexican food and we have a bad dream. And uh, so so many times we, we dismiss dreams. But because many Muslims don't have the opportunity to hear the Word of God as we do, God is using the means of visions and dreams to draw them to himself. And that's really not so strange because if you read the book of Joel, you see that that's going to happen in the last days. And and many, many Muslims are, are coming to Christ through visions and dreams. They're having dreams of Jesus. They call him Isa. Well, a son began to have dreams of Jesus. So he, he thought, well, I better seek out my spiritual leader, my imam my Muslim spiritual leader, and find out why. And so he told him about this, and, and he was furious. at. Him. In fact, he, he began to beat him. And, uh, well, when his mother discovered he was having Jesus' dreams, she worried about how her husband would react, and so she said, you better leave the home for your own protection, never come back, because your, your dad will probably kill you. So Azam left home, and he walked miles and miles, quite sure that his father would be unable to find him but he was wrong his father heard what he had done and, and he was a powerful warlord and he located him and he sent Azam a package when he opened the package he was shocked he was horrified to find inside that package was his mother cut up into small pieces a photograph had been included inside the plastic bag it was a picture of his mom kneeling in front of two men who had their knives raised over her but what's so amazing is that day that I saw him open the package is the day that he embraced and committed his heart to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of his life. And this is where the story even gets more amazing, incredible. I began to search for the two men who had butchered his mom. He found them. And in an act that goes contrary to human nature, he approached them not with revenge or violence, rather he approached them with love. And he told them that he forgave them, that he loved them. And he also told them that Jesus loved them and could forgive them as murderers. And these two men, Madi and Yasin, were so moved by that act of love, they were stricken with sorrow and And conviction, and in that emotional moment, they prayed and embraced Jesus as their Savior. And then they confided to us some. This is so powerful. They said, we can't get this out of our mind. They said, as we killed your mom, her last words were, Jesus, Jesus, I love you, I love you. And while Somalia as an entire country is yet to be changed, yet Assam and Mahdi and Yasin are proof that lives are being changed one life at a time. And that's the way Jesus does things. He changes a country one heart at a time. And that's the way it will be here in El Dorado Springs. I wish I could say that overnight every person in El Springs and Nevada and Chill City and Cedar Springs and... Philly and Roscoe and Collins, wherever you're from, I wish I could say that all of the lost people in those communities, they will come to Jesus overnight. Probably won't happen. But if we take seriously, like Daniel, the captivity and the spiritual bondage of lost people, and we begin to pray for freedom, and we confess our own personal sins. And confess the sins of our communities and passionately ask God to give freedom from the slavery of sin. I believe that God will begin to make a difference in one heart at a time. And that's my challenge to you. Just reach one. Now, I wish I could just challenge you, you know, as a church, let's reach a thousand people this year. But my challenge to you is reach one. One. Because that's the way God does things. One heart at a time. And whether or not you realize that God has already been working that way in this community. One heart at a time. One life at a time. And I know that a few of you have been praying like Daniel. You've been crying out to God. You've been asking Him to free people from the bondage of sin. And because of your prayers, God has done exactly that. There are several people in this church that have recently embraced Jesus. They've cried out to Him. They've said, Lord, free me from my sins. God has answered their prayers. And we have the privilege of seeing them go through the waters of baptism today. We are going to proceed with the presentation of our baptismal candidates.
2: Um, Our son Isaac was born nine years ago today. It's his birthday. (laughs) And um, I'd say since that time, he has pretty much always known and believed that jesus was the son of god and that jesus died to take away the sin of the world it's kind of what he's been taught Um, the first bible verse that he learned in four-year-old preschool was his a card which says all have sinned and come short of the glory of god but several months ago god's holy spirit began convicting isaac of his own personal sin um, when God convicts of when God convicts us of our sinfulness, no matter what our age, it's heavy and it hurts. And that was the case for Isaac. And as a mother, quite honestly, it was very difficult to see my young son bear such a heavy yoke of shame. Um, but during that time of conviction, I believe like I believe God actually allows us to feel just a fraction of the pain that Jesus had when he bore our sins on the cross. And he doesn't do that because he dislikes us or because he wants to punish us. Instead, he lays that burden on us because he loves us and he wants to forgive us. And he uses that burden to draw us to himself, thankfully. So when Isaac was experiencing that heavy burden Several months ago, he answered God's call. He prayed and he asked Jesus to forgive him of his sins and to come into his heart. That day, Isaac chose to follow Jesus and to live his life for him. Since that time, it has been very evident to those of us who know Isaac well that he's changed. That he now lives in peace he is free from that heavy burden of sin and shame that he once had on his heart and he is growing in his relationship with the Lord he's reading his Bible, he's praying and he's trying to figure out how God wants him to live um, like the rest of us, he's not there yet but I am so very proud that he's on his way so it is with joy and praise to our board that I present Isaac Hubbard as a qualified candidate for baptism.
0: Um, I've known Addison Ketterman for a little while, uh, just in, in various uh, capacities, but uh, Addison started coming here to youth group and... Uh, being a part of our our Wednesday night program, and um, i 've noticed that when we talk about the gospel or when we worship Jesus, um, no matter what 's going on around her in the room, and sometimes there's a lot of distractions on wednesday night um, but addison when when the when the talk comes to Jesus, Addison is dialed in. And she is totally all about that. And we've seen, I've talked to some of the other youth leaders, and we've seen in her life that she's serious about wanting to follow Jesus. And we talked to her this week, and she gave a clear testimony that she's asked Jesus to forgive her sins, and she wants to give her whole life to Him. And so I am really excited that Addison is going to be baptized today. And it's my honor and privilege to present her for baptism.
3: Today, my husband and myself are presenting Kylie Hetzel for baptism. It's not easy for us to come up on this stage in front of everyone and speak. However, Kylie's example of faith in the Lord has given us the courage to do so. Anyone who knows Kylie understands it would take an act of salvation for her to come forward as well. Kylie's moment of accepting Christ as her Savior occurred a couple of months ago, and then she came forward ready for baptism. Oddly enough, her coming forward was at a different time than her brother's. We are so proud of Kylie for her decision. Kylie does believe that Christ died on the cross so she could be forgiven of her sins and have an eternal life.
4: Going past her life on earth, We've seen this interaction towards her friends and family. Right now, Kylie is seeking to strengthen her relationship with Christ Jesus by being an example with classmates and the relationship with her own family. Kylie set up her radio in her room on her new nightstand. There's only one station that will play, 96one KLove. She's encouraged daily and falls asleep to music that reflects her love for Jesus. This has created such a positive outlook for Kylie and has been an example for the rest of her family, brothers, sisters, and parents. I never thought a day would go by that Kylie would not listen to 92.5. Her thirst for the truth is real even at a young age. While everyone, including her, understands that sin is real, we honestly believe that Kylie is putting on a suit of armor to defend and prepare her relationship with Christ. It is an honor to present Kylie Hutzel as a candidate for baptism.
5: Today is a joyful and blessed day. When this young man asked me to present him for baptism, I was honored. When discussing with him about being saved, he told me it happened a couple of months ago on a Wednesday night in youth group. He said, Jim asked the question, if anybody wanted to be saved, raise their hand. So Caden did. I'm so thankful for Pastor Jim and his staff and for the heart they have for the youth. And for Pastor Joe for confirming his salvation. Tina and I have had several opportunities to talk to Gabe and Tasha and their kids since Jordy's passing. One thing that we discussed was their attitudes have changed about life and everyday situations. I've known this young man for 14 years. I've had the privilege of coaching him in youth basketball. And he's always been a good boy and very respectful. But we all know being a good boy don't always get us to heaven. So when talking to him about his choice to make Jesus his personal Savior, I was so thankful and blessed. I told him it was the best decision that he would ever make in his life. We talked about his walk with God, that he takes you as we are, and nobody's perfect. We do mess up, we all do. But when, when we do, we have Jesus to turn to and forgive us for our sins. And how important it was to make a personal relationship with him. I do believe, after seeing and talking with Caden and his parents, that Caden Hutzel meets the requirements for baptism. I'm so very proud of Caden and Kylie today, and I know Jordy would be extremely proud of them. Also remember Caden and Kylie, keep their faith, run the race, and we'll see her again. Let us give the glory to God. Love you guys.
3: Good morning. Oh, there it is. I was told not to cry, it's already not working. Um, first, I just want to thank everyone for coming to support these young men and women on their special day. Uh, My daughter, Kylie Curtis, is one of them. She has dedicated her life to the Lord and invited him in her heart. But today is baptism, and that's a little different. Several months ago, she asked me what baptism means. (sighs) Naturally, I Googled that for her. (laughs) Winning! (laughs) (laughs) Um, she was not satisfied with the very vague answer that Google gives you. So she did her own studying. She looked into this herself. She, uh, she prayed and she studied her Bible. And a couple weeks later, she came to me with her definition. <clears throat> Kylie's definition of baptism is committing to seek God in every decision she faces That's not all. (laughs) In every decision she faces, and accepting his direction for her life, even though it may be a different direction than she originally planned for herself. She said there are two ways to live, and she wants to choose the right way. In Kylie's earlier years, she witnessed man's way. She lived in a home with drug addiction and alcoholism and the inevitable effects of those which are abuse and ultimately divorce. However, she also saw God's grace, protection, and love. Thank you. Sorry. (laughs) She also saw God's grace, protection, and love. She has seen life destroyed by man's way, in life restored by God. Jeremiah 6.16 reads, This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest with your souls. Today, she is committing to walk in the good way and find rest with her soul. Because of her continued spiritual growth and wisdom, seemingly beyond her 12 years, it is with great joy that I present Kylie Curtis as a candidate for baptism.
6: Today I have the honor of presenting Allison Carpenter as a candidate for baptism. Allison has been a devoted member of the fifth and sixth grade leadership team known as Funny Fish since the beginning of this school year. She has served the fellow kids and kids' church joyfully and energetically. And as she served, God began to capture her heart. And even as soon as last Sunday, she came to me at the, end of our, at the end of our time together after talking about Jesus and Nicodemus and how Nicodemus came to Jesus at night and asked, how do I receive this eternal life? What do I have to do? And she came up to me during a prayer time and she it had this urgency in her eyes that said, I have to talk to you. I need to talk to you right now. And I said, "Allison, what is it?" And she said, "I need to be saved." And I said, "Okay, let's do let's do it." And so, right there, we prayed, and she admitted that she was a sinner and she needed Jesus and um, asked for His forgiveness. And now she's ready to commit. She's ready to commit that um, commit her life to following Jesus. And so, it's an honor that I get to present. Allison, as a qualified candidate for baptism.
7: It is my privilege today to present my good friend, Jared Asmus, as a candidate for baptism. I'm not a believer in chance meetings, and little did I know that a call to my real estate office a few years back from a young couple moving here from Iowa would result in a deep family friendship and ultimately spiritual blessings for both of our families that grow deeper by the day. Jared had grown up going to church, but never fully committed his life to Christ until an encounter with Jesus on February 11th, 2017. And since that time, the changes that I have seen in Jared have been absolutely incredible. Jesus said in John fifteen eight, When you produce much fruit, you are my disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. And let me tell you this: Jared has been pretty, been a pretty fruity guy in the last year. <laughs> I've seen changes in Jared's demeanor and in his family. Jared is constantly sending me and other guys Bible verses early of the morning, usually before I'm even awake. Jared, <clears throat> before he goes to work, Jared prays with his family and leads his family in Bible reading. I've also talked with Jared how he has witnessed to guys uh, his work, usually captive audiences, with him in his truck. He's witnessed the family members. Instead of listening to secular music at work, he politely turns it to Caleb. Though Jared isn't perfect, his life has been transformed through the blood of Jesus Christ. I asked Jared to text me his favorite verse or verses earlier this week, and he, didn't, he did send me a couple. And those, ver- those verses were focused on a life of obedience and growing in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior. But what interested me the most was his response after he sent those verses. His text simply said, I don't know which verse is my favorite. There are too many good ones to pick from. And as my life keeps changing, no changing, so does my favorite verse. I looked at this text for a little bit and thank God how he has changed Jared's life and how he is continuing to do a good work in Jared. For he is still working out his good plan in Jared's life. And I would be remiss... Today, if I didn't say the following, in honor of the changes that Jesus Christ has made in Jared's life. Though much of what I've said so far is about Jared and has been focused on Jared's transformation and everything that's been said about others getting baptized here today, it's not about them. It's about our Savior, Jesus Christ. This redeeming grace is not far off for anybody today. It's not found through a 10-step process, and it can't be bought, and it can't be inherited But it can be found through a simple one-step promise found in Matthew 7. It simply says, Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek it, and you'll find it. Knock, and the door will be open." For everyone here today, the same power that rose our Savior from the grave and paved the way for our salvation, which can't be bought or sold. Its price is way too valuable, but it can simply be asked for. If you are here today and haven't made that decision in your life, The Savior is knocking, and today can be the day of your salvation. Today, it's a tremendous honor that I present my brother in Christ, Jared Asmus, as a candidate for baptism.
1: Lord, as we go through the waters here of baptism, we just ask that there would be that Sense that this is my child in whom I'm well pleased. We just ask, Lord, that uh, that you that, that you would be honored and glorified through this time. We pray this in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Here's our nine-year-old. Isn't this awesome, Isaac? You want to say a few words? You want to?
0: <laughs> I'm happy I was saved from my sins. I want to live for Jesus.
1: All right, right over here, Isaac. I've. Uh, i watched you for nine years, and I know this makes me sound like an old man, of which I've not, but um, I dedicated you as a little boy, little baby, and what an honor to be able to baptize you. I've watched you. You have an amazing attitude, and I believe that you know Jesus, that you've given Jesus your heart. So it's a joy to be able to baptize you now. Get you ready? And I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. To us, or say a few words. <laughs>
6: I am here today to be baptized and to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Baptism is giving my heart to Jesus, and that He has forgiven me for all my sins and gives me a new life.
1: Awesome, good deal. Well, Addison, it's a joy to be able to take you to the waters of baptism, and from. What we've talked when we met Wednesday, you indicated that you had given your heart to Jesus and you are wanting to serve him with all of your life. And so I believe you are a qualified candidate. And it's with joy right now that I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. me about a cannonball (laughs) you want to say a few words
6: um this uh the last coming week and i decided to follow christ because i am ready to let him into my spirit and be with me for the rest of my life
1: awesome good well in in talking with you and your mom and uh miss tessie i do believe that you know jesus And it is just so cool right now. And it's a joy to be able to baptize you. And I now do so in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
6: Out on the cross for me.
2: Accepting Jesus affects me every day. With God in my life, He has
6: helped me to get more out of church to be a better friend. I want other people to know Jesus like I do. I'm going to try very hard to make sure that Jesus
2: would be proud of how I live. I also think that Jordan would be very proud of me, and I can't wait to see her again.
1: I know that Jordan is, is proud of you, and I don't know how it is in heaven. I don't know if they can see down, but if, uh, if, if uh, they can see down, she is rejoicing, and um, I'm just so, so proud of you, the fact that you want to serve the Lord, and uh, I believe that you are qualified, a qualified candidate for baptism, and it's a joy to be able to, in obedience to the Word, word of God, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
8: with god in my life it makes me a better person i want to be a good example for others to follow i realize that only living my life right will help me be closer to god and help me get to heaven so in conclusion i'm ready to take the step in my life to get baptized i'm so glad to be saved and live the rest of my life for jesus
1: amen amen that's awesome okay hey, um you're another one that worried me just a little bit but uh thanks for thanks for being hey uh for, for being good, and um, I didn't know what you were going to wear, but thanks for wearing something that was good and appropriate. <laughs> That's an inside joke, but uh, you don't need to know any more than that. But <laughs> Anyway, I, I uh, believe that you are a qualified candidate for baptism, and it's an honor. In obedience to the Word of God, I now want to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
0: Grandpa got me my first picture Bible After that I started going to church After two or three months of going I saw someone get baptized I learned what baptism is And that made me want to get closer to the Lord I started praying daily, attending church And reading my Bible I started seeing positive changes in my life and God's protection and blessings The scripture that I love is Psalms 95 Because it reminds me that there are two ways in life One way is being with the Lord And accepting Him as my Savior And letting Him lead me through my life And the other way is the ungodly way of life that leads me to bad things. I choose God. I choose life with him.
1: Wow. That's awesome. uh, Kylie, when I met with you in my office, I I just knew it. I knew that you had taken care of business with God. It is so, so amazing. I'm so proud of you. Um, Yeah, you might want to get those (laughs) off or lose them. Um, In obedience to the word of God, it is a joy to be able to baptize you. And I now do so in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
8: Ago, when I was a very jealous, empty person, I made lots of poor decisions, and my actions were driven from a low self esteem and acceptance of people. I was headed down the wrong path and didn't even know it. One day, I prayed with an open mind and heart and said, Lord, if you are real, please give me a sign. And on February 11th, 2017, I accepted Jesus into my life and receive forgiveness. Praise God. As God began shredding all the garbage from my heart and mind, I realized who I had become was not the man <clears throat> I was intended to be. Through the last year, God has helped rid me of my filthy mouth, alcohol abuse, and most recently, my tobacco addiction. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. <laughs> I am a much happier, more loving person, and now my actions are intended to please the Lord. I do not need acceptance from anyone now because the Father accepts me for who I am. Amen. So with this baptism today, <clears throat> I declare to do my very best to follow the Lord all my days
1: on earth. Amen. Praise God. You know... Uh, Jared's a mountain climber. Uh, he's got one climb under his belt. And uh, we, we actually uh, shared the same tent. And that takes an extra work of salvation to be able to spend the night there in my tent. But um, anyway, Jared, just your attitude on that climb. and It was just so amazing. You, you've got just a, a, a gentle spirit. And uh, I love what God has done in your life. And I believe that you are a qualified candidate for baptism. And it is a privilege to be able to baptize you in obedience to the Word of God. (laughs) He was so anxious. I wasn't ready, brother. (laughs) But it worked, I think it took, didn't it? Oh, praise God. Isn't, uh, isn't God amazing? He is a good God. And uh, this is just one of those good gifts that He has given His children. And so we thank God. And for those of you that have not taken this step of faith, you've not received Christ, and you haven't gone through the waters of baptism, um, I would encourage you to do so. Father, thank You again for your many, many blessings. Thank you for these seven. And we believe uh, we're believing you for another seven and then another seven and then another seven, one life at a time, one heart at a time. Lord, we pray that you would bring lost people in our community to Jesus Christ. We pray this in the strong, the powerful, the loving name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and all of God's people shouted, Amen. And then they cheered one more time for these candidates. You're dismissed.